Rock and Roll Bedtime yeah. Stories bonus episode. You know, in the in the in the full length episodes, we take rumor and innuendo. We deep dive into it. On these bonus episodes, it's me and my buddy Mark Murdoch hanging out and talking about music news and other things. Uh, big stuff this week in in our lives because a band that you and I both hold dear has like a big public announcement that they're breaking up. I saw someone make a made a joke about it. And I had to. I googled something, and I realized there's this band. If if you aren't familiar with, called Every Time I Die. What happened with their breakup? It sounds like like the singer who started the band got into a legal argument with the remaining three, and then they were like, "You can't use the name," and and then they. It's they a break little like unclear. That? It's a little unclear. And let me just say, I think it's funny because it's been a long time since the the news of a band quote unquote breaking up has been a big deal at least in the circles that I run in because yeah. I, I am of the belief that no one really breaks up anymore and you the only reason you break up is so that in like five years you can get a slightly higher premium on your tickets for a reunion tour so I'm not convinced this is the last we've seen of every time I die but I'm a little concerned because of how this has gone down and that it does seem to be potentially be a matter of mental health for at least at least one of them i'm not sure which one but you described it fairly well i mean it it, it seems like the singer keith buckley and the rest of the band are at odds what makes this more complicated and we've seen this some in in rock and roll bedtime stories and things we've dug up through history is that his brother is also in the band jordan buckley and yeah. so so there are there's actually family there's blood in this feud as well and at one point there was like a hey finish the tour without me thing the key said to the rest of the band and then they didn't want to and then he got upset and started posting things on twitter it's a mess but i just here's what i'm saying i bring this up only to say nobody breaks up anymore right like do you agree with that yeah, I, I did the statement, I guess, that was from, what's the singer's name? Is it Keith? Keith, or yeah. Keith right? Wow, I remember that. Um, there's one statement that he made that says the pandemic did a number on me or something. He, he makes like a, a very clear statement about, you know, the pandemic has made a big of effect on him in, in terms of thinking about what what makes him happy. And so that that was a pretty strong statement. And and for me, like I, I'd say that that's probably happened for a lot of people, and it's put things in perspective. For well, a lot I mean, of we've literally seen this is like a this is like a think piece every week, right? About the Great Resignation and people changing jobs and realigning their priorities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, what's not to say that's not going to happen with guys that are doing things that seemingly seem like a lot of fun? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you when they were fun. They were fun for most of twenty twenty when you weren't allowed to do them. And, you know, maybe he's just sort of rethought how he wants to spend the rest of his days. I don't think we can fault the guy that. But I, as to what's happening with the rest of the band, we'll see. I just want to tell everyone, if you're not familiar with Every Time I Die, they have a song called Underwater Bimbos from Outer Space. And it is the absolute first place that you should start listening <laughs> to. If you would like to know what Every Time I Die So like. when I think of Every Time I Die and you specifically, I, I have this specific memory. It probably was like 10 years ago where you were telling me about how you would like you like to mow the lawn with Every Time I Die in your headphones. 
Yeah, or someone or someone walks up and they're like coming to talk to me and I have to take one of the earpieces, one of the cans off and it's like, I want to be dead with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Screamo. It's find out very that, aggressive music. It's very aggressive. Yeah, I don't want to listen to Neil Young while I'm cutting the grass. Like, Speaking I'm, to Neil Young, um, I actually don't have a Neil Young story, but I do have I do have a Mick Fleetwood story. We talked about Fleetwood Mac recently. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. Mick Fleetwood has landed an executive producer role on a forthcoming Fox TV drama. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. It's called 13 Songs. It's going to center on fictional rock and roll veteran Jasper Jones reuniting with his estranged band, The Grift, to record one final 13-song album as a farewell note to his fans. I can't believe that Mick's agent got him this gig. And it's probably a good paying gig, too. What a freaking weird opportunity. That guy was rich, broke, rich, broke, <laughs> on tons of cocaine a lot, having sex with more than one member of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> so this the- is not the only uh, sort of, you know, okay, so when we talked about Culture Club, we talked about fan fiction. And how there is there is sitting on the internet there is this fan fiction about Boy George, you know there was like glorified fan fiction about Fleetwood Mac. I don't know if you know this. There's a one of the most lauded books of like the last few years is this book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who is an excellent novelist who I really really enjoy, uh, called Daisy Jones and the Six, and it is very obviously based on sort of the framework of Fleetwood Mac. I mean, it's it's not about Fleetwood Mac, but it is about a band in the 70s who are all sleeping with each other and on a lot of cocaine. So it's basically about Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, I mean, this is, this is a territory that's rich for the harvesting. And, you know, this I, what that did too, which was really fun for me, is it's created this subgenre of historical rock and roll fiction. Like this is a thing that exists now. And there was a, I don't know what we're going to get this year, but there was a fantastic book last year in the wake of that called The Final Revival of Opal and Nev uh, by this author, Donnie Walton. And if you like rock stories, I highly recommend Opal and Nev. It's the same sort of thing. And both Daisy Jones and the Six and Opal and Nev are written as, as fake oral histories. So they're sort of like the book we read, uh, Nothing But a Good Time a few months back on the show when we had the authors on Richard Beanstock. Uh, and it's a, but an oral history, but it's fake. Yeah, but it's fake. So they, they, it's all interviews quote unquote, but it's, and it's written like that in block text. Like this is what this character says in this what, interview that we did with genre, him. And here's what, what another genre of music and what time period it is. It is it. So Opal and Nev is also Opal supposed to be set in the like Woodstock era ish. Um, and it's about a white, singer-songwriter, like a British singer-songwriter who gets paired up with an African-American singer. Female. Oh, how Oh, how great is that? So there's definitely some of this, like, sort of looking back from 2022 sort of perspective, and it's about planning a revival to put these two people back on stage together after they've been estranged for a long time. So that looks really fun. Um, Have they optioned that out to a movie? You know, I, I don't think so. I, there's been talks of Daisy Jones and the Six and Opal and Nev, I think. And the really funny thing is that there is, they did hire a band to do Daisy Jones and the Six songs. 
that come with certain companions of the book. Oh, you know what? I'm looking now in real time, and it does look like Daisy Jones and the Six has been optioned as a show, and we're going to have Riley Keough and Sam Claflin uh, and a few other folks in that show, which should be pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it looks yeah. like... Uh, oh, interesting, man. It looks like Amazon is going to have it, and... Uh, Reese Witherspoon's production company is going to be helming it. So that sounds that sounds fantastic. I want to uh, check out the other one though. That sounds really cool. Well, the take oral history. So D- Daisy Jones is going to be played apparently by Riley Keough. Do you know who that is? Yes, I do. Yes, the granddaughter of Elvis. It, not the first time we talked about her on this show. We've she got brought up in another episode, not the Elvis episode, I don't think. But worth a Google image. Check that out. By the way, by the way, also in the news, don't Google image Jamie Lynn Spears, who uh, apparently is uh, has uh, like a, a cease and desist from from Britney. There's like this thing happening. I just read about it today. And, and the only reason I know about it is there's this guy who I follow on Twitter. I don't know in real life who's really funny. And he said, it's got to be weird when uh, you're Britney Spears uh, sister and you look like Ted Cruz. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jamie Lynn looks like Ted Cruz. That's not nice. That's and not true, nice at all. But 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 true. I was like, oh no, how weird is this? Anyway, uh, one more thing we need to talk about on the musical news front uh, before we call it quits. Have you seen the lineup for the When We Were Young festival in Vegas? So this is like a warp tour thingy or like yeah. bring me like hit me hit me with this lineup and is it one show is it Vegas one thing it's not a tour it's not a tour it's a one day in Vegas and literally it's easier to say who's not going to be there if you think about bands that I probably like and it's like every time I look at the lineup I'm like oh they're there too and it's funny because they have shoved so many names onto the poster that it's hard to see them all and so when you're going through the poster, you're like, wait, does that say, hey, turn that over? Um, I mean, here's, I'll just run through a handful of these. I'll try to hit the big ones that you you know. Um, and it's it, the used, Bring Me the Horizon, My Chemical Romance, Panic of the Disco, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard Confessional, Alkaline Trio, Jimmy Eat World, Avril Lavigne, All-American Rejects, Manchester Orchestra, Thursday and Berlin, the Wonder Years. I'm really literally just like pulling random ones out of paragraphs and paragraphs. And then there's like a handful of folks who sort of sound like these bands that are newer. Um, Car Seat Headrest is on the bill. Bright Eyes is on the bill. Yeah. It's crazy. But it's all in one day. And the rumor is they're going to have rotating stages. So it just keeps going. Well, it's going to have to. It's 12 hours and there's over 60 bands. Is there uh, any... Any classic punk bands, or is it no? No. Most of it is very strictly like peak 2000 to 2005. And a lot of bands that if you were into that scene have like sort of disappeared who are going to be at this thing. So like bands, I mean, stuff getting way in the weeds, like bands like Acceptance, who I love, who have sort of come back in the last few years but have never been very, like if they played in this town, they play at, you know, Z-Bar, which is a favorite hangout of ours but you know it's like a small club they wouldn't play in a big place but they're going to be on the bill um red jumpsuit apparatus we the kings sayasin silverstein like all these the starting line bands that are very specifically like from that period um so yeah it's it's a lot when's the date on it 
rolling the dice on October twenty second, which happens to be my daughter's birthday. So, one of the many oh, reasons I won't be going. But uh, yeah, you're not. You're heading to that. It was a drag. I told Brian to um, one of the bigger bands I've listened to during the pandemic is is the Deftones, who I, I didn't really give as much of a shake at because of the time period when they came out even though I saw them like early on or, or whatever. And I mentioned to Brian, I found a date. And I was like, hey, they're playing um, in Cincinnati on this date. And he was like, hey, that, I think that's Mother's Day. And it was like, right. And, and, uh, and I realized, yeah, I'm not going to get to take my wife to see the Deftones on Mother's Day. And I was like, like ah, it stinks. But I am. So <laughs> my, my wife he, loves the Deftones, has and, never and gotten to see them. Oh, really? So that is your Mother's Day? Like, she has got to be so stoked. Yeah, like, so I wasn't going to tell her, and then she was having a bad day, and I was really excited when I bought the tickets. And so I was like, guess what your Mother's Day gift is? And she's really excited about it. We, When we first few years of being together, we at one point had tickets to see the Deftones. It was going to be a drive because we were living in a little town in Arkansas, and so we were going to have to drive to, like, Kansas City, Missouri, I think. And it, it like, iced the night of the show and so we decided it wasn't wise to try to get on the road and uh so we, we've never seen them she's never seen them and it, should, it should be really fun yeah so in the venue the venue is interesting t- like yeah okay yeah that's what you told me about those you bought seats i looked at they're playing in nashville my former like home state at at the miserable auditorium uh municipal auditorium <laughs> um but there's all this ga and i was like i don't think i can do that well, yeah, and my wife is is not a tall lady, right? So she can't be in GA. Yeah, and so I just I'm like, man, I'd love to be in the action, but like I don't want to be in the action. Yeah, I want to be away from people with an N95 on. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, we'll we'll be up top. I found some good seats up up in the. It's an interesting venue. It's a newer venue that I've not been in before. Um, but it looks really interesting because it's sort of is small but built up so that there's several layers. Um, and yeah, I, I'll let you know how it goes. But very excited about that. And then, of course, the other news here. I mean, speaking of the When We Were Young festival, that a few days before my birthday, um, the Dashboard Confessional and Jimmy Eat World, two of my all-time faves, will be playing a theater show in our town. So that's birthday plans taken care of. Tickets purchased. We're good to go. Sweet. Did you buy fun tickets for your birthday for that? So I was I was going back and forth on whether to go to the side really, really close or to go like, you know, 25 rows back in the middle. And I decided to go 25 rows back in the middle to have a good view as opposed to being like close, but sort of at a weird angle. I'm really excited to go see music and I'm trying to go see an indoor music festival in March again. And we'll see if that happens. I... I feel comfortable with the whole thing, but I know that it's pretty much unpredictable, like thinking 60 days down the road at this point, how it's going to go. You never know. You never know. No, no. But I do remember when I saw Metallica, which is the first band I saw in like 500 something days. Like that was the first band I saw. It felt so good. Music. <laughs> yeah, it felt it so fantastic and you and i got um, to go see a show together in december we got to go see bully together which we hadn't seen a show together in a long time oh yeah and it was so good it was so great brian kidnapped me and called me and said hey i'm coming to pick you up and i was like oh, we're gonna go to a show we're probably gonna go to a show at this place or this place and open up my phone and i knew exactly where we we're gonna go and i had to text him and tell him that 
quite possibly that I might have to eat at some point because I had already been drinking. So and <laughs> those I tacos did. were good, dude. Those tacos those were delicious. Those tacos were really delicious. So, <laughs> oh man, uh, let us know what shows you've been seeing, what shows you're excited about. Um, you know, if you got comments on Mick Fleetwood, well, hey, hit us with them. Uh, it's we are the story guys at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And until next time, what should people keep doing, Murdoch? Keep telling stories.